Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's Monday, November the 18th. Welcome to the show. Picks and parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also streaming live on iHeartRadio, streaming live on TuneIn and live video for you on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Nick Gieber, and as Michael W. commented last week, I'm the elitist that replaced the nice young lady, Chelsea Messenger. And if you ever wonder who it is, I want a hashtag right now. Who is the elitist? Well, folks, that's me. And, you know, I had a wonderful weekend of elitism, I might say. I spent a weekend wine tasting in Sonoma, California, a most fabulous weekend, far away from the rough and tumble of college football and the NFL. But never mind, folks, I am ready for the show, and we have a big one here for you today. Coming up after the break, we're going to look at some uh, NFL and some college football opening line reports in our segment, Craigulation Time, with Craig El Huapo Trap. Then, you know, he loves it when you call him Hig Daddy. That's right. Our very own Sean Higgy Smalls Higgs will join us for some college football. We're going to talk about NC State at Georgia Tech, Penn State at Ohio State, and Texas A&M at Georgia. And then, of course, hear him roar, El Tigre, Tony Tellers. We'll be talking some NBA and college basketball. Those are what the topics are on the table for today. We certainly hope you will participate in the show. You can do that by tuning to into any one of our social media platforms where you will see the show being streamed live and comment in the comment section. You know, rude is okay, just not too rude. As you can see, your elitist is ready for it anytime. Loads of free picks today. Make sure you get your pen and paper handy, unless you're driving, in which case don't you dare. If you miss any of this, of course, it's all up on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And, of course, our podcast is up at the Believe Podcast Network right after the show. All right. Those are the games that we're talking about. And I didn't actually mention which NBA games we were talking about because it was kind of a last-minute change. Uh, but we are going to talk about Golden State Memphis, uh, the uh, Phoenix Suns against Sacramento Kings, and we have Vermont at Virginia for college basketball. So there you have it. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash picks parlays. And if you want to join the discussion, try, ha- try hashtag parlay radio or hashtag who is the elitist will also work for you. That's right. And we will put your comment on the screen and I will do my very best to respond to it in a non-elitist sort of way. All right. Going to take a break. Be right back to kick it off here with Craigulation Time on Picks and Parlays. Stay with us. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming broadcasting live on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and live video streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber. Before we start, I'd like to wish everybody a happy Republic of Latvia Proclamation Day, a very, very exciting day on the annual calendar. I'd like to welcome to the show El Huapo himself, Craig Trapp for a segment we like to call Craigulation Time. Craig, how are you celebrating Republic of Latvia Proclamation Day today? Well, I don't, I don't get to celebrate like you did this weekend going to wine country, but uh, I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of uh, husbands going to be taking some slack because they don't take their wife like, uh, or girlfriends out like you did. Actually, she took me out, Craig, so how Whoa. nice was that? Oh, I know. Once again, who is the elitist? Right here. Okay, Craig, we've we got a lot, lot to get to today. We're going to talk some opening lines. Uh, we're going to do some NFL and some college football opening lines. 
Why don't we start with the NFL opening lines? A couple of ones that stood out. I know we're going to cover about six of them here. But let's start with the Bucks at Falcons. The Buccaneers 3-7, and seven, the Falcons 3-7. and seven. The Falcons have won five straight against the Bucks. The Bucks are both 0-3 against the spread and 0-3 straight up. Uh, I think you had a slightly different number than I did on this one, actually. You said this started at uh, the Falcons minus three, shifting to minus four and a half. Looks like uh, everyone's uh, jumping on the Falcon bandwagon there. Yeah, a couple good games in a row the Falcons have, and now everybody's jumping back on board. In fact, here's some people, uh, fans of the Atlanta Falcons, saying they're going to run the table and make the playoffs. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, the Bucks, of course, full of uh, turnovers. That's always the key with this Tampa Bay Bucks team, including last week's loss at the Saints. These inter-division matchups in the South, NFC South, are always close, though. Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, next one. Let's do the uh, Colts at Texans. Uh, the Colts 4-1-1 four, four, against the spread on the road. Uh, this one opened at uh, Houston minus 5.5, and, and that's narrowed down now to Houston minus 3.5. Why the narrowing? I think it's more just the Houston did not look good against uh, Baltimore. I mean, no one's really looked good against Baltimore as of late. Baltimore is one of the hottest teams in the NFL. So I think there's a little overreaction here. Also, I think Kobe Brissett, this Colts team just different when he's the quarterback. And I assume that he'll be even more healthy this week. Uh, so I think there's a little overreaction uh, as far as the Texans. But, you know, it's still within that key number. So, you know, to me, once you go over three and you're uh, under six, there's it, to me, those don't really matter to me. All right, uh, next up, let's do Dolphins at Browns. Now, how much is weather going to be an impact in this game, Craig? Because I'm, I'm reading that they're expecting the temperature in the low 40s, uh, which, you know, could be an issue for those uh, lovely, humid Miami folks, the Dolphins. Uh, this one opened at the Browns minus nine, and that's uh, widened out to minus ten and a half. Well, obviously, the Browns coming off that Thursday melee at the end of the game, and uh, uh, their star defensive end Garrett's going to be suspended for the rest of the season uh, unless something really weird happens with uh, his appeal. But I don't expect that to change. Uh, I was kind of surprised this line went from nine to ten and a half. This Miami Dolphins team's been pretty good against the number the last five or six weeks. But like you said, when Miami plays north of the border, when it's cold, the the last four or five years has not been good performances from Miami. So could be uh, something to watch later in the week. All right. Uh, next up, uh, let's do the Panthers at the Saints and. Well, interestingly enough for me, I mean, the Panthers have been upset specialists when they're big underdogs on the road, Craig. Uh, but this one opened at the Saints minus seven and a half, and that's widened now to minus nine and a half. So maybe I'm the only one seeing uh, the uh, potential upset here, but, you know, maybe I'm just crazy or an elitist, either one. Well, the Panthers were really bad at home against Atlanta last week, so I think that has a lot to do with this. Also, the Saints, after... Uh, being uh, shut out at home uh, two weeks ago last week, exploded in Tampa Bay, winning in impressive fashion. One of the best uh, games they've played all year. So I think the Saints are trending up, and maybe Carolina's trending down, so thus the line movement. Uh, I expect this line to go to the key number of 10. Uh, so if you like New Orleans, I would get in on it early. All right, uh, Lions at Redskins. Let's move on to that as the next game. Uh, I mean, the Redskins... They're, they don't have a home field advantage whatsoever, do they? I mean, it's just non-existent. Uh, this one opened the Lions minus one and a half. It's now uh, three and a half. Uh, some big shifting going on there. I'm actually surprised Detroit. Obviously, you have uh, Detroit, uh, you know, to get two extra points, go through the key number. I know Washington's been very poor as of late, but they're at home as an underdog against a Detroit backup quarterback. And Detroit hasn't been that much better. So uh, their secondary's been 
very questionable. Haskins at quarterback for the Washington Redskins. I think the rookie has a big game here. I actually think uh, the Redskins are the play here, even though they've played so poorly lately. All right. Uh, last one we're going to do, the Ravens at the Rams. And uh, McVay hired in 2017, 10-1 straight up against AFC team, 7-3-1 against the spread. Uh, that streak ended earlier this season, but uh, still we have uh, Baltimore minus three and a half favorites here. Um, that looks like that hasn't shifted. Has that shifted? Oh, it does, because I had it opening at two and a half. Has that gone from two and a half to, uh, to three and a half? Well, there's actually some advanced lines that had this as a pick'em game. Really? Uh, but obviously, the way the, the way the Ravens have played the last four or five weeks, I mean, they've beat some of the best teams in the league, uh, continue to be very impressive. Uh, I would imagine Lamar Jackson's probably the favorite to win the uh, MVP this year mm -hmm. if he continues to play the way he's playing. I like It's hard to fade uh, or to go away from a team this hot right now. Baltimore, favorite at three and a half. I still think they're the play uh, as far as early uh, looking at uh, this one on Monday. All right, uh, let's start uh, with some, let's move on to some college football. And Craig, as I'm looking at this list that you gave me before the show, there is a glaring error here. You have a major <laughs> error here. You have UCLA at USC. You have not only USC as the favorites, but you have it widening from 10 to 13 and a half favorites. Craig, are, are you mad, my friend? Are you mad? <laughs> Well, this wasn't me. I'm just uh, reporting on it. A USC was favored by 10. Now it's 13 and a half. USC um, has looked much better as the season has progressed. UCLA, until last week, had at least been a, a kind of a point spread darling last week. Didn't play their best football, I would say, uh, but played a much tougher competition than what they'll see this week. I think this these rivalry games have a way of uh, being a lot closer than people think. I think early in the week you have to be looking, especially if this guy would, would ever get to that key number of 14. I think you have to jump on your UCLA Bruins. Yes, UCLA. Got to love them. Love everything about them, Craig. All right, Nebraska, Maryland. Uh, Nebraska shifted from minus seven to minus four. So a little tightening there. What's the story behind that? Uh, Nebraska just hasn't been very good. Neither has Maryland, but Nebraska has been a huge disappointment. Remember, they were number 24 in the nation before the season started. Uh, since then, they really haven't done much uh, to talk about. Ever since that loss, when they were up big to Colorado and gave it up on the road at Colorado, haven't really uh, been able to turn it around since then. All right, uh, we just got uh, about four more to do, so let's make it quick because we've got two minutes. Uh, Michigan and Indiana. Michigan opened at minus seven. They're now minus eight and a half. Yeah, this one could be a, uh, a stunner here. I remember Indiana almost beat uh, Penn State last week. Michigan has the big game, of course. The game is around here, uh, Ohio State, um, on, on deck next week. And, uh, you know, Michigan, if they win that game, everything's still in front of them. So, yeah. uh, obviously, this is a letdown spot here. The line moved from seven to eight and a half Michigan favorite. Yeah, the Nittany, Nittany Lions, there's a, uh, there's a team whose record is uh, definitely not necessarily indicative of... Uh, of their true value, but certainly uh, maybe uh, they got lucky a few times there. All right, uh, TCU at Oklahoma. What are they? Nine and nine and what are they? Penn State. They're they're well. It's off. It's off topic. But they're. Uh, they think they've lost they one game well. on the season, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Penn State could they could beat Ohio State this week. They would control their own destiny as well. Yes, they would. Uh, TCU at Oklahoma. All right, Craig. We got one minute. Oklahoma. What do you have on this one? Move from 19 to 17 and a half. Oklahoma favorite here. Obviously, Oklahoma defense has been terrible. Haven't covered the last two weeks, so I think that has a lot to do with this line movement. All right, Minnesota at Northwestern. Uh, Minnesota's favored by open at seven, all the way up to 13. This Northwestern team been a huge disappointment after going to the Big Ten uh, championship game last year. 
And Tennessee at Missouri. This one was Missouri minus seven. That's narrowed to minus five. Yeah, a lot to say with the Vols have been much better as of late. Missouri didn't look good against Florida last week. And finally, BYU at UMass. Uh, BYU was minus 42-point favorites. Now minus 39. Uh, what's the matter? UMass actually wake up and start practicing? Oh, UMass has been really, really bad. Uh, I was surprised this line went down because BYU complete. They have this one. Uh, they're going to roll in this one. I don't know. 40, 40 seems like a lot. 39 seems like a lot either way. All right, Craig, thank you so much. There's Craig Trapp. By the way, you can find lots of Craig's picks and, of course, his expert picks at picksandparlays.net. Go to the website. Check it out. Do yourself a favor. You know, bet with some intelligence. And I'm not, not being an elitist. I'm just telling you, be smart. All right, we're going to take a break. Be right back after this. Welcome back, Picks and Parlays, here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. By the way, we're here with you each and every weekday from 4 p.m. Eastern Time. That's uh, 1 p.m. Pacific. That's one hour every day of the week. Well, Monday through Friday, that is. I'm your host, Nick Eber, that elitist sitting, in the, sitting on the seat for Chelsea Messenger, who's currently on maternity leave. Happy Republic of, of Latvia Proclamation Day today to our listeners and viewers out there. Well, you know... Joining me now, a man who loves it when you call him Hig Popper, our very own Sean Higgy Smalls Higgs. Uh, let's talk some college football. Uh, Sean, I'm going to put my hands in the air because you're a true player. <laughs> Are you elitist because you have the accent? Is that, is that what it is? Is it the no, accent? No, no. Uh, apparently, I, I, I made some comment about the injuries that Alabama was suffering, and I said, with those six players out, that's probably half the population of the state. Well, one of our, uh, one of our most appreciated uh, viewers, Michael W., uh, commented that, uh, you know, he wanted to know who the elitist was. And quite right, Michael, I am indeed a complete snob and elitist, um, having gone to UCLA, the greatest school on the planet. Okay, Higgy, let's get to it, shall we? You ready to do some college football? Let's go. All right, let's, let's start with uh, NC State at Georgia Tech. NC State are four and six, two seven and one against the spread. They fell four and uh, they fell to four and six after a thirty four twenty loss to Louisville. Uh, Devin Leary has eight hundred and ninety four yards <coughs> passing. Uh, wolf. Oh dear, that's a chip. Mm. Uh, six touchdowns, <laughs> three interceptions. He's hardly tearing it up. Let's be honest. Uh, for Georgia Tech, they're two and eight, two seven and one against the spread. Uh, they got shut out forty five to nothing. And they have the goal to show their face after that. That's a shocking thing uh, by Virginia Tech on Saturday. Uh, this is a third straight loss by Georgia Tech. Look, the under is cashed in five of Tech's last six. Uh, I think the number on this one is Georgia Tech minus one with a total of 48 and a half. Uh, what say you, Higgy Smalls? Yeah, I'm seeing them make a 47-inch round of total, 48. And this total, I, and the, the sides actually moved. There was one, it's one and a half. I see twos now. And you mentioned a bad quarterback play for the Wolfpack. Georgia Tech not far behind with bad quarterback play. Really? Expected, though, you're getting away from the triple option. You know, whole new system. So there's going to be that? wrong That's James grades. Graham, right? The new, I have no idea. That's, yeah, I think that's Graham, Graham the, the I mean, Georgia Tech quarterback. Yeah, not Graham. Uh, they've used like they've used a couple different guys. They're, you know, they got – last week against Virginia Tech, they had the, the freshman was in there. I mean, it is what it is. What strikes me here, though, is you've got a team that has two wins – and you got NC State on the other side, four wins. Then I'm thinking, you know what? I got a two-win team here, a must-win game if we want bowl eligibility. But I'm liking a home to team here. I like Tech. Like yeah. you said, they got blasted last game. Here's a game they could win. State comes in with four straight losses. They got their own quarterback problems. Let's go with the home team here, you know? 
they got Georgia up next. NC's got, you know, State's got Carolina on, on the hill. So this is really basically their last chance to win some games. And I'm going to go home home team here. So, I mean, it's two a two-win team laying points. That just sends up players for me to take. I mean, I know it's been a long year for uh, the rambling wreck, but, hey, Georgia Tech to get it done here. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I have to tell you, I mean, when I look at a team with a 2-8 and eight record, I mean, who's really interested in seeing them in a bowl game other than, you know, the Georgia Tech supporters? I mean, really. I mean, come on. And, that's, and my, like tech one, that's my elitist philosophy. Years, Tech's, Tech's dropped over 100 points on these guys. 56-23, 45-35, Tech rolled them the last two years. So you'd think maybe NC State shows up a little bit here. I don't know. I'm thinking Tech's going to win this game. This is a game, again, 45 nothing. Pick yourself up by your britches. Let's go. Let's get a win. You know you're not beating Georgia to close out the season. Get this win. Close the year out on a positive note and uh, move on. You know, it's going to take some while to get this program back on track. I mean, they were they were always a bowl team before. You know, right. they, they yep. were a good team, but uh, times are changing. You know, we talk about all time. They just air, they air this ball out and just frown on running the ball. And, you know, unless you're a service academy, you know, or New Mexico or something, triple options really finding, you know, not, not finding many landing spots here in college football. All right. Uh, next game is a fascinating one for me because, you know, this is the game, I think, where the Nittany Lions get found out. I mean, they're playing the best offense in the country, Ohio State 10-0, yep. 8-2 against the spread. Penn State 9-1, 5-5 against the spread. I mean, Ohio State are prohibitive favorites here, the highest scoring team in the country, as I mentioned. And Penn State, I mean, look, they're lucky to be 9-1 after a squeaker against the Hoosiers last week. They've had certainly the benefit of schedule, I think, at this point. Uh, and I think that is why uh, Ohio State is such a prohibitive paper. I mean, they're 18 and a half point favorites on this. The total of 59 and a half points. Is that how you see it, Sean? Yep. I'm seeing 18 and a half. I see 19 to some yeah. spots. Funny. Like I saw like an opening number. I mean, maybe it was a over the summer number of 13 on this game, which is insane. I mean, like Ohio State, they put 50 up. It's like, it's their job. It is their job to put 50 points up. Yeah. And that's what they've been doing all year. That's why they got the best offensive football. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to lay the points here until somebody slows down. Uh, listen, Rutgers put up basically the most points ever for the season on Ohio State, yeah. which is I didn't think they're going to score, you know, 10 points, more or less 21. But, like, listen, Penn State eked out a game last week. This is prime look-head spot, you know. Um, you're laying 50 points on the road. Ohio State didn't get it done. Penn State didn't get it done. Obviously, this is where the focus is. But good luck. Who's, who slowed down Ohio State? Michigan going to slow them down. Whiskey, nobody, and until somebody does, I'm going to lay. I'm not three. We're not going to lay three touchdowns. That's like a gimme, right? I mean, yeah. And, how and, do you and, not and lay? Penn State did not look, and Penn State did not look good against Minnesota and Indiana. So I mean, you know, they just yeah. Well, listen, they've given up. Yeah. They lost 31, right? They lost to Minnesota there, 27 yeah. to Indiana, and now you're facing a better offense. Also against uh, who they play, like Michigan or whatever. They that was a close game. They they had Michigan was. On them, and this is a team, and it's it's tough to say. Well, Ohio State did this to this team, and Penn State did that. Those are bad, you know. Yes, I don't really like to use that. Okay. And a lot of people don't, but it's a still talent pools what you're looking at when you talk about like a Michigan and Wisconsin and Nebraska. The talent level is still an equal kind of level, you know. I mean, your Bama's LSU's they still kind of get all four and five star recruits. It's not like these are 
some upstart program. Or Minnesota is more of an upstart, you know, like they're hasn't haven't been great for the last five years, like these other programs. But Ohio State, they're just on another level. They're clearly on another level this year. And I don't see them. I'd lay 20, Pierre. I think this is a three touchdown game minimum. I mean, no one's been close. I, I don't think it's on the road. Penn State, it's not like it's a friendly confines or anything here. And uh, listen, I, the scores have been close 27 26, 39 28. Uh, Penn State won 24 21. So taking the points, it looks really good. Why wouldn't you take the points? Because Penn State's been competitive yeah. right down to the wire in these games. But. I don't know, something just Ohio State this year really looks like uh, a, t- a championship conference team like them, LSU, even Clemson. Those three are clearly head and shoulders above everybody else. Oh, and, so of course, UCLA. Down. I mean, if UCLA were to play Ohio State, <laughs> I mean, they would beat them by about 386 to, to nothing. It would be yeah, a UCLA shutout, clearly. Great, but, you know, we're not going to see that game, of course, because they rig it so that we can't see that game. Okay. All right. You can't, you can't even get UCLA and Utah. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet you. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Next up, Texas A&M uh, versus Georgia. Uh, look, uh, A&M uh, had a tough schedule. They've got Georgia Saturday, then they've got LSU next Saturday. Uh, it's got to be a couple of weeks that they are not looking forward to. Uh, they're 0-3 straight up versus top 10 teams and a 7-0 against everybody else. And I think that's telling you about Texas A&M. And I think it's important, by the way. I mean, you have to beat the teams that you should beat. And, you know, if you can beat the team that maybe should beat you, well, then that's just, you know, a feather in the cap, right? Uh, and they are doing that. Uh, for Georgia, the last four, the Bulldogs have allowed only 7.8 points per game. I'm going to repeat that. The last four games, Georgia have allowed under eight points a game. Uh, Higgy Smalls, that is, an, uh, that is a wild number. Their defense is on fire. Uh, A&M are 7-3, 6-4 against the spread. And, of course, Georgia... Nine and one. I mean, compare nine and one records, right? Georgia against Penn State. Make a comparison. Between the two, I, I, Georgia's better. I mean, just the Way defense. Better. They're the number two yeah. scoring defense to to Ohio State. I mean, that's where you separate it when it comes to defensive levels. I mean, uh, this Georgia team is really good. They, yes. the, it's defense. It's pound the ball, running backs. Fromm does enough to to win your games. I mean, it's just it's been like this since Mark Rick was there. That's what kind of program it is. Always defensively an elite unit, and they are. I mean, come on, they're Ohio State's putting up less than ten a game. These guys are doing what eight eight points a game for the year, ten point five points a game, some something crazy like that over the course of ten games. That's unheard yeah. of. That's and that's SEC. I don't care how good if you're a bottom feeder in the SEC, it's still SEC three star four. I mean, you're still. Allowing no points, basically. I mean, ten points a game. That's not as good as the Pac-12, it, but yeah, it, that's crazy. And then, but you know, let's talk about AM for a second. I mean, Jimbo leaves Florida State, where all the guy had to do there was beat Clemson. Then he comes here to yeah. uh, the SEC. He opens up versus Clemson, loser there. Uh, Alabama loser. Uh, he's got LSU. He's got now he's got Georgia, Auburn. You know, loser there. Can, this guy's got to win a big game. I mean, can you win a game? The beginning of the year, they had this like a win total. I'm like, you have to go under here. I mean, at best, they, they got seven wins because they could beat, against you said, the, the teams are supposed to beat. But here comes Clemson. Here comes Auburn. Here comes Alabama. Here comes Georgia LSU. This is like eight and five written all over or seven mm-hmm. four. But I like them with the points here, though. I'm going to take the 13 points because they, they play these games close. 24-10, you know, 28-20, they get their close games. So I'm getting, you know, 13 points. I'll take a shot with a with a and M just because listen, Jimbo needs some signature wins here. 
Yeah, he does. They talk about, uh, you know, he's doesn't have any big upset wins at home, nothing on the road. So, you know, I, I don't know when the the, the fans are going to get a little antsy. You know, the well, only time I get a little antsy. Like, I mean, they're, they're we're you a lot up of money. against top 10 teams, and then they're 7-0 against everybody else. All right, we're out of time, yeah. uh, Sean. So you're going to take the points. You're going to take Georgia minus 13, right? No, I'm taking A&M. Oh, you're talking, pardon me, you're taking A&M. Oh, pardon me, yeah, A&M. Yes. Okay. All right, you got it. All right, there you have it. Uh, Higgy Smalls, our very own superstar of the handicapping world. You can <laughs> find him and loads of other uh, 35 expert handicappers we have on our site. Got to go to break. I'll be right back with more. Welcome back to Picks and Parlays here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also streaming live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. That's live video. You get to see my beautiful face. I'm Nick Gieber. You can find me on Twitter, at Mick Gieber, unsurprisingly. Love to hear from you. Many people commenting to me and sending me tweets. Many of them rude, I might add, but that's all right. I'm not that uh, thin-skinned. I can take it. All right. He is Tigre. Hear him roar. Want to welcome to the show one of our star handicappers, a Tony L. Tigre Tellers. Tony, happy Republic of Latvia Proclamation Day. Yes, and same to you. And, of course, to Arturs Urbe, who was a Latvian uh, uh, goaltender for the San Jose Sharks. I looked that one up. I wonder who the famous Latvians were, and I found one. I don't know, but uh, you're right. Arturs Urbe was a famous goaltender for the, goal, for the San Jose Sharks. Um, I think there were quite a few Latvians in the uh, NHL. All right. Uh, we are going to do some NBA and some college basketball, Tony. You want to start with the NBA and then move to the collegiate ranks? Usually it's the other way. You know, you start in college and you yes. do one year and you go to the NBA. But we'll go the NBA and then go get an education afterwards, shall we? Uh, let's start, shall we, Tony? Uh, Suns, 7-4, uh, and 9-2 and two against the spread against the Kings. 5-7, and 7-5 seven, seven and five against the spread. Suns coming off a 128-112 to win against the Hawks. Uh, they play the Celtics tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, and they're three-and-a-half-point favorites for that game. The Kings, they won 100-99 squeaker. Ooh, squeaky bum time there uh, to Boston, also to the Celtics. Hey, the Celtics are playing spoilers in this whole narrative we're doing here, Tony. Uh, Kings, I have Kings uh, minus two, total points 220. How do you see this one? Yeah, Nick, I'm going to go here with the with the Suns here at plus two. I know it's a back-to-back spot, but it's in the number. It's baked in the number there. But, uh, you know, the, the, the Suns and their lone back-to-back, uh, they pounded Golden State 121 to 110 on the road. And that was with Stephen Curry, D'Angelo Russell, and Draymond Green in the lineup. So the Warriors had uh, many of their players in the lineup for that one. And uh, one thing with these Suns, uh, they're a really good shooting team right now. Past five games, 49% from the field. 40% from three, you know, and I always look at their high volume shooters and they're getting great production out of them. Devin Booker, nearly 54%. Kelly Oubre, 48%. Aaron Baines, 57%. You know, Phoenix has covered five straight against losing teams. Suns, fifth best in, in, in the league in official ratings. And of course, Nick, the big news here with the Kings, major injury to their all-star all guard, Darren Fox, out for a month with an ankle injury. Marvin Bagley out until early December. And they were the two of the three highest volume shooters for the Kings. And the replacements, yeah. Nick, don't shoot the ball as well. Right, exactly. And the Kings are certainly struggling this season, uh, one would say. A bit of a surprise if you're a Kings fan. All right, so let's move along. Next one. Let's do the uh, Golden State Warriors against the Memphis Shizzle Grizzlies. Golden State 2-12, 5-8-1 and one against the spread against Memphis. 5-8, five 5-8 and eight, five and eight against the spread. Warriors 0-7 straight up in the last seven. Memphis 2-4 against the spread in the last six at home. 
Um, total is 222. I see Memphis minus six and a half. Uh, Tigre, what do you see? Yeah, that's what I'm seeing it too. And I'll go with the home team here, Memphis minus six and a half. Uh, we know that Curry and Clay Thompson are out, but also out will be guard D'Angelo Russell with a thumb injury. And uh, really, the Warriors' current form right now really poor, just 27% from three-point line. Uh, defensively, they've been terrible in that span of games, allowing over 48% shooting, nearly 43% from three. They're not guarding the perimeter. And one thing about Memphis, they're a really good shooting team in that window of five games hitting 50%. And that rookie, Jay Morant, Nick, he's the highest volume shooter on Memphis. He's hitting over 47%, 42% from three. Those are outstanding numbers, uh, Nick, because, you know, in the NBA, it's kind of tough on rookies. And uh, Jay Morant shooting at high volume and producing. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, uh, let's go. Uh, let's move along to some college basketball. This one, actually a very interesting matchup. And I don't, you curated this one, I think, uh, Tony T. Uh, Vermont 4-0 against Virginia 4-3. Vermont coming off a win at St. John's. And look, and for Vermont, as Anthony Lamb goes, so Vermont goes. Uh, he's averaging, what, 18 points a game. Uh, Virginia, they lost a lot of last year's championship team. Uh, they are rebuilding, but look, they're a big team. They're a deep team, and they're physically a big, imposing team. Uh, that could play to their advantage, obviously, unless Vermont can knock down an awful lot of threes. Uh, this is a really interesting game. I'm really looking forward to watching this game uh, from a fan's perspective, but from a betting perspective. Uh, is 15-point favorites a little much for Virginia, you think? Yeah, it's a little bit too much. I'm not going to lay the points there with Virginia because I respect Vermont. I respect them defensively, and you mentioned their senior players. I do really respect them. I'm going to go to under the total of 115 because we have two pretty good defensive teams on the court. Um, we'll tell you a little bit about Vermont. They've made the NCAA tournament in two of their past three seasons. They've only lost four America East Conference games the past three seasons, which are impressive. You know, they are 4-0 to the under. And uh, they defended well against some pretty good opposition. I mean, they, as you mentioned, they faced St. John's on Saturday. They do have wins against good major, mid-major programs in St. Bonnie's and Bucknell. Those games on the road, they, they did win at home to Boston U. And, of course, uh, we talked about the defense holding teams at 59 points, 34% shooting, 19% from three. So uh, we, Vermont, well, they did uh, lose players, but they, they plug them in with, with transfers and players from their bench. So these are players that are very familiar with their system. Catamounts have built depth in this program, but Virginia defending national champion off to a 3-0 start. Head coach Tony Bennett, well, he fills his departing players with bench players who know this system, and it's a stout defensive system at Virginia. The under is cast in all three games. First yeah. two victories, uh, they, they held Syracuse and James Madison each to 34 points, and on Saturday, 42 points at Columbia, and the uh, defensive numbers are strong here for Virginia, holding teams to 25% shooting. 23% from three. I got, I got to play on defense here, Nick. I like the under here, under 115, Vermont and Virginia. Yeah, and you know, for uh, Virginia, I mean, you talk about defense. I mean, they've got this enormous uh, Mamadi Diakite, right? I mean, what's he doing? Uh, a little under 15 points a game and uh, nine rebounds a game. I mean, I, I think the under's a really good call on this one, Tony. Yeah, it's under a call. And of course, Virginia, they're a very good perimeter defensive team. That You know, when you face the likes of Duke, North Carolina, uh, you better be able to defend the perimeter. And that's one thing about uh, this Tony Bennett system is they're very good at perimeter defense and, of course, sealing that three-point line and knowing that, you know, they can only be hurt with three and they'll be extra focused in this game guarding the perimeter. Of course, if Vermont tries to go to the hole, it's going to be really tough. You know, when you're facing, you know, a defending NCAA champion with their, with their not only their length, but, 
it's the wingspan. You know, these players with these long arms, you know, it's a, it can be very difficult getting a shot around the basket for these, uh, for these uh, catamounts. All right, uh, Tony, uh, that's what we had uh, selected for our basketball picks uh, for today. Um, since I got you here, and I'm absolutely fascinated with a couple of these college football matchups uh, that we actually spoke about in the last segment. I'd love to get your take on them. I am really looking forward to this Penn State-Ohio State game. Uh, you know, Ohio State is a, an exciting football team to watch. They, they come out with lots of scoring. I mean, this is a number one, no, number one offense in the country, right? Penn State, you know, that 9-1 record, lots of people questioning it. How do you see this game? Well, one thing I noticed here, here, I think if Penn State has a shot, it's going to be through the air. But Clifford has not been accurate his last two games. I think he's completed just about 52% of his passes. This is what happens here in some, in some of these major conference Knicks. They kind of schedule back heavy, so you're going to be facing your toughest opponents at the end of the season. And uh, Clifford just hasn't got his accuracy down here. And I think that's going to be the difference here. Uh, you know, Ohio State's speed is something also you got to consider. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I would, I like, uh, I'm there with, um, Sean here, I would go ahead and lay it there with uh, Ohio State because I just think uh, they're getting better quarterback play right now at this moment. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Clifford. He's completing only 52% of his passes. Uh, that, is, that is not good enough, particularly, uh, you know, when you have to put points on the board because you know Ohio State are going to do exactly that. It's going to put a lot of pressure on him. This is going to be a fascinating game to watch, one that I'm really interested to see. Uh, we'll make that a uh, appointment viewing for me, <clears throat> no doubt about it. Uh, and finally, I wanted to look at one other game that we already covered, the Texas A&M-Georgia game. Uh, this is another interesting matchup. Um, how do you see this one? Because uh, I think um, uh, Sean uh, Higgy-Smalls took, uh, took, what, A&M minus, uh, what was it, A&M minus uh, 14 or something like that? It was plus the points. Yeah, well, you like the dog. Actually, I like Excuse the me, eight and plus the points. Yeah. I'm having trouble what looking. I, I need new glasses, but that's a different matter. <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, I like the favorite Georgia in this team. As you mentioned about Georgia's defense, they're really strong. One thing I've always noticed with Texas A&M since they've come to the SEC, they always look undersized when they face some of these big, big teams like your Alabamas, uh, your Auburns, and, of course, your Georgia here. I think the issue here is going to be with the physicalness here of Georgia. I think it's going to be too much on Texas A&M. Uh, you know, they have not stepped up. When you, looked at, when you look at A&M and their step-up games against Clemson and Alabama, they just did not get the job done offensively. I think it's, it's going to come down to the fact that uh, Georgia runs the ball, they run the ball very well at home, and I think that the run game is going to work against, against this A&M defense that has struggles defending the run against Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And Alabama, they're, they're past the three SEC opponents. Look at the way they defend the run here. I think Georgia's going to be able to grind the ball out and, again, get some late touchdowns here on the ground against an A&M defense that will wear out in the second half. Uh, do you think there's anything that uh, A&M can take over Georgia's loss to South Carolina? Anything they can take out of that? Well, you know, the thing is, is it, was, it, was one, it was one of those early starts, and everyone talks about that. You know, they don't like to get that, you know, when it's a noon kickoff in the South, it's usually 11 a.m., as uh, you know, uh, in the central time zone. And sometimes it's hard for these, these players to, to, because they're used to playing these primetime games. You know, it's either the 3.30 Eastern or the uh, late night primetime games. And it looked to me that the, the Georgia was just flat. It was just a, a, a no-show. I uh, didn't have any, there wasn't much emotion from them and uh, kind of a fluky, a fluky uh, result, probably with the flukiest results of the year. But uh, no, I, I just think you have to look here at the current form right now for Georgia. They're going to be in the, in the championship game, but you don't want to have two losses. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. one thing Georgia has to worry about. They've got to keep winning. 
Yeah, they got to keep winning, don't they? Although with their defense, uh, you know, they, they uh, with their defense, they uh, they certainly relax the pressure on the offense to uh, to put the points up. But uh, by the way, Capo Seventeen Don says picks and parlays hire me as a capper. Let me point out, Capo Seventeen Don, we have nothing but the absolute best cappers that there are at picks and parlays. El Tigre Tony Tellers being one of them. If you want to be a capper at Picks and Parlays, you have to have a proven, a proven history, track record of success. And we are totally transparent. You want to know what our cappers are doing? Just go on the site. You'll see it. When they win, they win. When there's rare occasions, they don't. It'll be up there as well. You know, being transparent is what it's about. There are lots of people make lots of claims out there. Let me tell you something. Most of them are complete rubbish. Not at picksandparlays.net. Our guys, they are the absolute best in the business. And I'm not going to ask Tony to comment on them on that because he is one of those guys, and I wouldn't want him to seem too smug and self-congratulatory. But, okay, Tony, comment on that. Yeah, well, great. Yeah, you can check out picksandparlays.net. The top cappers there uh, are over there. And every, as uh, Nick said, everyone's documenting. Go back there and check the handicapper, click the handicapper tabs, and uh, you'll see all the records. The past 10 games are there, and you can click through and see every play that's ever posted by the cappers over at picksandparlays.net. Yeah, and that's so important, by the way. Um, by the way, we do have a college basketball special. It's 449. It's going on from now till the end of the college basketball season. I think that's still going on. But since I said it, guess what? It's going on because that's the way it works. And if you'd like to get some of Tony's picks or some of Sean Higgs' picks or some of Craig Trapp's picks or, you know, some of the cappers we have on the show, we have uh, Triple B, of course, Tony Brown. Uh, we have uh, um, uh, Chip. Uh, Duffmeister. Chirimbus. I mean, you know, listen, we, we, who are, I mean, I'm, I know I'm missing guys, Tony. I'm missing Sean, we got, we got uh, Joe Duffy. Joe oh, Duffy yeah, of course, there. the Duff man. Of course, the Duff man. By the way, condolences to Joe. He lost, his, uh, lost a family member, and uh, we wish him all the best. Our thoughts are with him. Uh, we will look forward to having him back on the show when he is uh, And you're going to like better. Alex Smart, by the way. And Alex Smart's going to debut this week. You're going to like his commentary. He's a professional better first, handicapper second. It's really good, really good perspective from a, from a professional better who moves lines. And last name is Smart. You know he's at picksandparlays.net. All right, that's going to wrap up the segment. Tony, thank you so much. Up next, we're going to recap all of today's picks. Stay tuned. Get a pen and paper. Let's do it. Be right back after this. Welcome back to the show, Picks and Parlays. I'm your host, Nick Gieber, in for Chelsea Messenger. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Gieber. We've had a show jam-packed with free picks, as we do every day of the week at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. on the left coast. Be sure to tune in, whether it's YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whether it's on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, whether it's on iHeartRadio or TuneIn, or if you miss the show, you can always check it out on replay either on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, where obviously the video lies, or you can see it, or if you want to listen to it, in audio podcast form. Our podcasts are up immediately following the show at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V, podcast network. Okay, let's recap the picks in case you missed them. Uh, we started off with uh, Craig Trapp, and we did some uh, opening line reports, and then we moved to Sean Higgy Smalls. Higgs for our college football picks. We had NC State at Georgia. He said take Georgia Tech minus one and a half. Penn State at Ohio State. He said take Ohio State minus 18. Uh, A&M at Georgia. He said take A&M plus 13. A&M plus 13. 
That was uh, Sean Higgs and El Tigre himself, Tony Tellers. We had a couple NBA picks. Warriors at Grizzlies. Take the Grizzlies minus six and a half. Uh, Suns at Kings. Take the Suns plus two. And uh, we also had a college basketball pick for this very interesting game, Vermont at Virginia. He said, take the under. That's under 115. Those are the points. Just a reminder, check us out at picksandparlays.net. You'll find Tony Tellers. You'll find Sean Higgs. You'll find Craig Trapp. You'll find Chip Chirimbus. You'll find uh, uh, Sean Duffy. Uh, you're going to find uh, Tony Brown and Alex Smarts, a new cap, will be joining us this week. And you can find them on the website, picksandparlays.net. We've got lots of free picks for you at picksandparlays.net. And when you're ready to kick it up a notch, we have expert picks for you to subscribe to. Look, if you're going to bet on sports, number one, do it responsibly. Number two, do it with the best information you can possibly get. You get that at picksandparlays.net. And right here on this show, Picks and Parlays, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Until tomorrow... Enjoy the rest of uh, Latvian Proclamation Day. I know I will. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.